Welcome to the Thriving Fatherhood Podcast, where we are living and working in the trenches together to thrive in this mission field called fatherhood. My name is Brian Knight. I am a father of two and another on the way in February. Wow, it it has been a busy week. Um, how are you thriving fathers doing out there? I hope you guys had a Merry Christmas. My family and I did. Everyone in our family is local, so we did not have to travel. Um, Christmas is so much more different and fun, I must say, now with the kids. Uh, Mine are three and five. The five-year-old is really getting into Christmas now. (laughs) I mean, he's like asking about it ahead of time and, you know, just uh, very um, intrigued. Uh, so, um, we had to have a little talk with him about gratitude Christmas morning. Bethany, my wife, uh, wanted to wait, uh, for his little sister, Katie, to wake up before revealing what was under the tree. My son lifted the blanket. He actually threw it off, uh, to see what was under there and mentioned he thought he would get more stuff than that. Bethany was not happy about this because uh, she had worked so hard to have everything perfect for them Christmas morning. So right off, I was thinking, teachable moment, (laughs) son, let's talk about being grateful for what we do have. Also, uh, you know, the day, you know, I was mentioned to him, the day is just beginning and you will have lots more opportunities for presents and as we're seeing other family members throughout the day. Anyways, that was just a little teachable moment with my child. I'm always looking for those moments. Instead of just like getting discouraged or whatever, I'm just like, oh, here's something we can teach. Here's something we can do to make him a better person. So anyways, I wanted to get on into today's topic, and that is depending on God for our strength as fathers. You know, I wasn't planning on doing this topic today, but um, I was at my Tuesday morning Bible study where our pastor is teaching out of 1 Samuel. As he was teaching this past Tuesday, this topic, an important lesson came to my mind. I'm very excited to share this insight with you guys and how you can apply it to your lives and thrive more as fathers. Many of you have heard of King David. Uh, He is one of the main characters in the Old Testament. He is often referred to as a man after God's own heart because he demonstrated his faith and committed to following the Lord. Yes, his faith was tested on a grand scale and he failed at times, many times. But after his sin, he sought and received the Lord's forgiveness. Today, I will be referring to 1 Samuel chapter 25, where David meets Abigail, one of his wives. Her previous husband was named Nabal, which means folly or fool. We will see why this is shortly. The Bible says his wife Abigail was discerning and beautiful, but the man, Nabal, her husband, was harsh and badly behaved. 
David sent uh, some of his men, I think it was 10 exactly, to talk with Nabal, who was very rich, um, about them needing some provisions. So, you know, they were out there and they needed some food and everything, and they knew Nabal had a lot of um, provisions and everything, and they had um, treated Nabal with kindness in the past. Um, I won't go into all those details. But, um, you know, I don't know if they offered to give Nabal anything or whatever, but, you know, it's, and I'm not that versed on the Hebrew culture and how things are repaid and back and forth. But David's men uh, basically told Nabal, said, peace be to your house and peace be to all that you have. Nabal's reply basically was, who is David? who is the son of Jesse? And if you remember, Jesse is David's father. And, you know, in the Hebrew culture, um, those words are very well known and respected as, you know, the father of a son. And so basically Nabal did not want to help them. And so when David's men came back and told David Nabal's reply, David said to his men, this is very important, every man strap on his sword. Fortunately for David, one of the men told Abigail, Nabal's wife. Then Abigail made haste and took a huge amount of provisions to David and his men. She did not tell her husband about this. And if you remember, uh, what was the word they used? Um, Discerning. Abigail was discerning. There's part of that discerning part. She did not tell her husband before she went. David was talking with his men, basically. This is right before Abigail uh, came to them. And basically fuming over how Nabal had returned me evil for good and was basically ready to wipe him. Uh, So David was ready to wipe out Nabal and his family from the earth. This is when Abigail met David with the provisions. One of the many things Abigail said to David was, My Lord shall have no cause of grief or pangs of conscience. Now, when she said, My Lord, she was referring to David, actually. So that's a lowercase l versus an uppercase l, like if she was referring to God. Uh, No cause of grief or pangs of conscience. For having shed blood, Nabal's blood and his family, without cause or for my Lord David, working salvation himself. So basically, deciding matters himself. And this is a real key point I want to um, talk about here. David says to Abigail, Blessed be you who have kept me this day from blood guilt and working salvation with my own hand. And so I have a note to myself down here to talk about Saul. And so as you remember, right around this, I think I think it was one time before this in the cave, and then one time after this um, in verse 26, or excuse me, chapter 26, where David could have, killed Saul um, the next time with him while he was sleeping. Um, Basically, his bodyguard um, was with him and could have just drove his spear through his his skull. 
And so there's two times, separate times, where David spared Saul's life, even though he knew that Saul was out to kill him. Now think about that as you as a father. Somebody's out to kill you and you spare their lives. So, um, yeah, so the reason that that is so important is each one of those times, David, you know, basically he knew that Saul was out to kill him, but he didn't take matters in his own hands. He basically, you know, and Saul was the anointed one of God. So that was very important to David. And David knew that he was, um, that God had his hand on him and that eventually he would be king. So why take out his anger on Saul when he knew that God had everything handled? Just let God take care of it. And so basically Abigail was reminding David to just let God handle it. God will take care of my husband and you don't have to have his blood or his family's blood on your hands. So to finish up the story, Abigail returned to Nabal, who was very drunk when she arrived. When he so sobered up, she told Nabal what had happened, and he became as a stone. Now, we talked about this in our Bible study, like, what does that mean? Uh, basically, we think that he may have had a stroke. Makes sense, since he was very drunk before. And so, and often this happens when somebody has a stroke, they a bad one, they die shortly after. And so the Bible says, and about 10 days later, the Lord struck Nabal and he died. The moral of the story as a father is let God take care of it. And don't, don't always be so quick to take matters into your own hands. This is challenging and complicated as men. We are taught to take matters in our own hands and that we should always have it handled or figured out. If we don't, then we are weak or inadequate. Many times, you do need to figure it out and have a solution. So what should you do instead, um, or in case you do not have an Abigail coming to warn you before you make a mistake, you will regret, such as David. So when a situation occurs that causes you to think, I need to do something now, Stop, capital S-T-O-P, before reacting, pray for God to give you wisdom, ask other godly men in your life for help, even your pastor, or if you're not attending a church, a pastor. Um, that's what they're called to do, is to anybody that has seeks out help is to help them, especially if they're genuinely looking for help. And I've got down here your wife, if appropriate. Um, you know, it depends on what the situation is. Um, you know, and, and, and if you're married. But how many times as fathers who are married do we not seek our wife's counsel when she would help us to take a more conservative approach 
to something that we are taking a very aggressive approach to. And they can help us to look at different sides of the coin and just really kind of calm down a little bit. That's what I've learned in my um, eight years of marriage. You know, and I've got another note down here, or you can call Lifeway Christian Counselors. That's just like one of many things that are available. You can Google that. Um, They have licensed counselors that will help you for free of charge or with your insurance. And so Lifeway is a big Christian organization. They used to have little bookstores and all that, but you can easily find them online. And I'm sure there are so many more resources that I'm not aware of, but um, just look for those. You don't have to handle everything on your own. So basically, you want to respond to the situation, not react to it. When situations arise, and we know this will happen over and over as fathers, honestly, this is how our faith muscle is strengthened and developed with these trials. Honestly, this is how I keep a positive attitude when hard things, situations come my way. I say, oh, God, is this a way you are further growing and developing me as a person and strengthening my faith through the process? You know, you can almost get excited about that. Like, all right, God thinks that you're ready for growth. Here's your next trial or challenge. And it may be more than, you know, anything that you've been through before or that you, you at least that's your thoughts on it. And, you know, you just need to go to God and seek his counsel. And that's how we grow and develop our faith. So I'm going to share an example from my own life. Lately, I've had a lot of financial pressure on me with uh, qualifying for a new house as a single income family. We've had a lot of um, just bills come in, unexpected bills um, in especially coming up this next month in January. And I've had to like write them all down, write things that are coming in just to kind of process it and put it all on paper. That helps a lot, by the way, is when you have a lot of things coming at you, just write it out all all on paper. So uh, the bills just keep coming in. And sometimes I was not sure if there will be enough money to pay all the bills and have money for the closing leftover in early March. You know, another couple of things, um, you know, I've got my son coming in February, so that's another thing I'm thinking about. Um, and then my mom, need, she's uh, moving in like right around the corner from us. And just to qualify for her home, she uh, needed to borrow a little bit of money from us. Um, it's kind of a lot of bit, a lot of money. Um not extensive, but a decent amount. And, you know, so all of that has um, been a little stressful, you know, and just, you know, you're not sure what interest rates are doing and, you know, all these different things. So I was talking with one of my personal coaches the other day, and it was great to process through all these thoughts I've had about our finances lately. I realize I've had some worst case scenarios swirling around in my head and I had not prayed or consulted God's wisdom or help on any of it. And I was just trying to handle it all on my own. Basically, like David, I was strapping on my sword. 
ready to go do battle. I was reacting uh, before basically responding by praying and writing it down. So I prayed and consulted God and processed a lot of my thoughts on paper. This eased a lot of my anxiety and worry about the situation, and it has worked out much better. It is hard to explain this, but even though there are still challenges and I don't know exactly how everything's going to work out, I am at peace about the situation. This is key. I feel at peace and I am not constantly worrying or having anxiety over things I really have little control over. I am just giving it to God, basically. This is where our faith grows. I know I will have much tougher situations ahead, and this is preparing me for that. Imagine the sudden, you know, just kind of switching gears a little bit. Imagine the sudden death of a loved one. I've always feared this a lot, you know, and this is why we work on the faith and talking to God. That's Praying is so crucial. The only way I get through, to get through something like that is to have a strong faith and strong relationships around you who can support you and give you hope. And, you know, we know from previous podcasts that strong relationships take time and investment on your part. So if you're working and spending a lot of time on self or worried about things and, you know, earning money and stuff, you're not going to have a lot of time for those relationship building and maybe not a lot of relationship building for your, for your heavenly father. So you want to develop that faith by investing in your relationship with him and your relationship with others. Keep God first in your life and pray for wisdom and direction constantly in your life. Outside of that, what happens, happens. I know, I mean, for me, I know I have done my best if I have taught with God first before taking action. One last thing. Sometimes something will happen and we may not understand it at first. And then later, the answer is revealed to us. Keep that in mind as you go through the week. Just know that, um, you know, I'm just give you a small example because we're about to end here. You know, just think if you lost a job, you know, that's a major setback. And then, you know, you're praying and you're, you know, maybe it takes a while for you to find the right job. So, you know, it really tests you. And then you find a job and it pays more. You love it much more. Um, it's more flexible with your schedule. You're able to be with your family more, you know, and it doesn't always work out that way, but a lot of times it does. Um, you know, you, some, you'll, you'll be let go fired or something like that. And you're, you're thinking to yourself, I should have this long time ago, or I'm glad this happened, you know, and that may take time to reveal that, but there's so many situations where what's happening at the moment doesn't make sense until uh, later on. So I just wanted you to keep that in mind. So that is what I have for you today. Next time, we will talk about goal setting and how this can help you thrive in fatherhood as we go into the new year of 2023. 
and we'll be talking more about where should you set goals and why. I will share with you some of my goals for the new year and why it is important to me and maybe something you should consider for yourself. If there is a topic you're interested in me talking about, please send it to night, K-N-I-G-H-T, B-R-I, at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Until next week, continue thriving in fatherhood. <laughs>